Know Your Opponent by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. All of humanity is fighting for its right to life and the possession of this planet, yet many are not even aware there is a battle raging. Calamity, sickness, poverty, and death are accepted simply as fate, or called bad luck, and many times even blamed on God. Hurricanes, typhoons, tornadoes rip across the earth and are labeled by man as acts of God. When in fact, they are acts of the enemy they cannot see and know little about. Even when man does tamper with the weather, it is at the urging of these ones. The book of Enoch was written by a man that was actually ushered into the presence of God and instructed to be a prophet for those born at the time of the Great Tribulation. This final battle we are experiencing, the War of Armageddon, as foretold in Enoch, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2. The words of the blessing of Enoch, wherewith he blessed the elect and righteous, who will be living in the day of tribulation, when all the wicked and godless are to be removed. The time of the end. And he took up his parable and said, Enoch, a righteous man, whose eyes were opened by God, saw the vision of the Holy One in the heavens, which the angels showed me. And from them I heard everything, and from them I understood as I saw. But not for this generation, but for a remote one, which is to come. He was shown who the enemy really is, how they have existed all these years, and why they fight with humans. Please understand, the book of Enoch, the seventh from Adam, was used by the early church. Jude, the half-brother to Jesus, spoke of him and taught from Enoch's prophecies, so it might just be okay for us to do likewise. So with this in mind, let us read from Enoch, chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, as he reveals how the enemy came about. And it came to pass, when the children of men had multiplied, that in those days were born unto them beautiful and comely daughters. Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 2. And the angels, the children of the heaven, saw and lusted after them, and said to one another, Come, let us choose us wives from among the children of men, and beget us children. Enoch, chapter 7, verse 2 continues. And they became pregnant, and they bare great giants, whose height was three thousand ells. Genesis chapter 6, verse 4. A species, half angel, half man, was born that was not part of God's creation. Man was punished for the part they played by a flood that covered the earth, killing all on it, sparing only Noah and his family. Eight people were all that were preserved along with a pair of each of the species that inhabited the earth from the animal kingdom to repopulate the planet. You may find this recorded in Genesis chapter 7 if you wish to read it. Let us return to Enoch to see the fate of the half-angel, half-man creatures and their fathers, however. Enoch chapter 10 verse 9 And to Gabriel said the Lord, 
proceed against the bastards and the reprobates and against the children of fornication and destroy the children of fornication and the children of the watchers from amongst men and cause them to go forth. Send them one against the other that they may destroy each other in battle for the length of days shall they not have. They were pitted against each other, God's method of destroying them from the earth. Enoch, chapter 10, verses 12 through 13, speaks of the destruction of the angels' offspring and the demise of their fathers, the watchers. And when their sons have slain one another, and they have seen the destruction of their beloved ones, bind them fast for seventy generations in the valleys of the earth, to the day of their judgment and of their consummation, to the judgment that is for ever and ever is consummated. In those days they shall be led off to the abyss of fire and to the torment and the prison in which they shall be confined for ever. So, the fallen angels are in chains now, awaiting judgment. Their offspring, being half angel, left their physical bodies at death to reside in the supernatural, unseen by man, but still on earth and very much in contact with humanity. Enoch, chapter 15, verses 8 through 10, makes this very clear. And now the giants, who are produced from the spirits, angels, and flesh, woman, shall be called evil spirits upon the earth, and on the earth shall be their dwelling. They are here. Evil spirits have proceeded from their bodies. Their spirits left their bodies. Because they are born from men and from the holy watchers is their beginning and primal origin. Thus they could remain in the supernatural. They shall be evil spirits on earth, and evil spirits they shall be called. As for the spirits of heaven, in heaven shall be their dwelling. But as for the spirits of the earth, which were born upon the earth, on the earth shall be their dwelling. Side note. We can see how foolish the world's knowledge is. It teaches man can reside in heaven. When we die, we actually go to paradise, where the tree of life is, as it was in the beginning. Luke chapter 23, verses 42 through 43. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Paradise is an extension of earth that cannot be seen by the eyes of the flesh, but it is here, and we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses that can see us, but we at this time cannot see them. God told Enoch these evil misfit spirits were not welcomed or allowed in heaven either, as they too were born on earth. So the earth is their only dwelling place. The earth, however, is not theirs. It is man's home, created for him by God. You can see the cause of the battle. As previously stated, being half-angel, they left their bodies at the flood, but their spirits remained alive in the supernatural, unseen, but nevertheless very real, and now formidable opponents. 
Let us continue in verses 11 and 12 to find out more about them. Enoch chapter 15 verses 11 through 12. And the spirits of the giants afflict, oppress, destroy, attack, do battle, and work destruction on the earth and cause trouble. They hammer mankind unmercifully with sickness, corruption, bringing death. They take no food, but nevertheless hunger and thirst. We think we have addictions, but it is their desires we are fulfilling. And cause offenses, they satisfy themselves through humanity. And these spirits shall rise up against the children of men and against the women, because they have proceeded from them. These creatures mean to destroy and remove us from the planet, defending what they see as their home. But at the same time, they are fulfilling Satan's plan for kingship over earth. He is their leader, their superior, and therefore the commander and chief in the battle against man. For 7,000 years, Satan and his army have been using mankind to build this world we live in to suit their nature and lifestyle. Being spirits and in need of bodies to physically function on earth, they have laid claim to ours. Spirits of anger, spirits of lust and perversion, spirits of infirmity, addictive spirits, on and on have unknowingly held us captive and used our vessels to live through. None of this would have been possible had Eve not chosen the knowledge of Satan over the knowledge of the Lord. She turned her back on the tree of life and chose the fruit of Satan's lies, his counsel, his knowledge. She desired the fruit of Satan's lips over that of the Lord. Enoch chapter 69 verse 11 explains, For men were created exactly like the angels, to the intent that they should continue pure and righteous, and death, which destroys everything, could not have taken hold of them. But through this, their knowledge they are perishing, and through this power it is consuming me. Meaning, all the descendants of Adam are walking in this same knowledge, and are overpowered and dying because of it. Neither Satan nor the evil creatures that follow him want us to see and understand the two different kinds of knowledge. Satan's knowledge, fed to Adam and handed down through the ages, has successfully brought death and corruption to all God's creation, and they are quite aware that with God's knowledge comes life, perfection, restoration, renewal of the planet, and eternity. They also know that the knowledge of God will reveal their identity and expose the lies that the world has been fabricated on, putting it and them in danger of extinction. As Adam and Eve nourished themselves on the fruit of Satan's evil thinking, a veil of deception grew over their minds. Their eyes were open to Satan's ways and thoughts, producing the hard, cruel, crafty, and clever nature we see in much of man today. Humanity became like the master that laid claim to their minds, and it is in this mentality that man has built the world we live in through Satan's evil knowledge. The unclean spirits living and operating through man have brought into being the systems that govern us, 
educate, and provide for us. They set the scales of justice, make the rules, even teach us how to love and please God. Do you see why it is all failing? Why this world and its systems must all be destroyed? As a side note, this is why there is so much corruption in politics, banking, religion, and education. Those in authority over worldly affairs of any kind are big targets, as they are vessels that can be used by the enemy to rule and guide the world. For the most part, man has been innocently unaware of all of this, but the tables are turned now. God's knowledge is being released, and men and women everywhere are beginning to see and discern the plans of the enemy, comprehend who their opponents are, and are striking back. You know what, family of God? There would be no hope for us against an enemy that is half human and half angel if it wasn't for our God. He too has plans, but it is for our restoration. He fulfilled part of his plan as he made a bodysuit for his knowledge, his word, and called this being his son. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 5. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. Being a spirit himself, he dwelled in the word to set us free. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19. That is, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 21. For it pleased the Father that in Him all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself by Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you, who once were alienated, and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled. As God was in Christ, so Christ is in us to set mankind free. Colossians chapter 1 verses 26 through 28. The mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, Christ in you the hope of glory? Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. Greater is he who is in us than he who is in the people that do not have this knowledge. We must stand in the gap for them, we must repair the breach between humanity and God by sharing this knowledge. Just as Eve's choice of Satan's knowledge destroyed perfection, God's knowledge will restore it. To prove God's love for us and the power of His sovereignty, He allowed every unclean evil spirit to come against Jesus on the cross. The enemy certainly knew who He was. He allowed them to put Him to death so he could pay the death penalty of sin for us. But he did more than that. Yeshua resurrected, defeating death, 
as well as the wicked spirits that caused it. Thus he set humanity free of not only sin, corruption, and death, but the knowledge Adam and Eve brought on us because the enemy was defeated by the word of God. Satan's knowledge was defeated by God's knowledge. In his grace and mercy, even though we turned our backs on the Lord, the tree of life, the word of God, he did not turn his back on us. He made it possible for us to repent, die unto his death at baptism, and resurrect through his resurrection to new life as new creatures. Through his victory, we can start over, enter into communion to become one with him, and one day return to our perfect state. He is not quite finished. He wants all of humanity to be given a choice. All must hear this message. Then the end of this world and its systems can come, and God's kingdom established earthwide. Mankind must make the decision, do we want to remain a part of this world and the knowledge that governs it, or do we want to separate ourselves to become new creatures? Do we choose to turn our back to the world's wisdom and be born through the Word, so we can help build His eternal kingdom? Only the Lord's family can walk in the authority of His victory to drive out the enemy and take possession of what the Creator gave us. To accomplish this, humanity must see the big picture. In closing, remember how God caused the offspring of the angels to turn on themselves to destroy them? They learned a valuable lesson to do the same thing to us today. We must unite as humanity. We must come together as mankind, one family, and drive the enemy off the planet. To do this, however... We must first know our opponent.